Yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay, you were messing around over there. Oh, yeah, I'm just moving shit around. <laughs> this is Burning Man's 2016 audio survival guide. It's the first audio survival guide. What is it? It's an informal or it's a non... Uh, unofficial. This unofficial. Is, this is... A non-denominational. <laughs> this is the, the highly clutched together unofficial Burning Man 2016 survival guide. Welcome, friends. I'm Rex. I'm D-Day. Hi, I'm Beth. And we're from Accuracy 3rd. We do a podcast. It's an oral history of Black Rock City. Sure is. It sure is. We're collecting your stories and sharing them on a podcast. And it's fun and interesting. And so we have been asked to, uh, to do this for you people. To tell you how to survive in Black Rock City in 2016. And when you're done listening to this, download all that other stuff. And you can listen to it on your way out to Playa. Or on your way back from Playa. Or like two months from now when you're pining for Playa. So you're on your way to Playa, we're assuming. Or maybe you're getting ready for Playa. Uh, and if you've been before, or you haven't been... You haven't been, because haven't been. no one else would be fucking interested in this. <laughs> if you're our friends, or have never or been have to never Burning been Man to before... Burning Man. Oh, this is going to be a super self-deprecating project, isn't it? We're doing it. And we're doing it good. But the point is, welcome to the Audio Survival Guide, everyone. It's 2016. You're on your way to Playa in one form or another. You're about to go have a super dusty adventure out at Burning Man. And maybe you know what you're in for. You probably don't. Uh, no matter how many times you've been, something's going to get fucked up. You're always going to fuck up. But the good news is, you're not camping by yourself out in the wilderness Grizzly Man style. There are literally 70,000 of your friends around to provide you with sucker and support. And today you've got three friends sitting around microphones, and we're going to give you advice on how to not fuck up your burn, and then how to unfuck your burn. Oh, we're all good friends. Sure we're friends. And we've got some uh, guest voices later in uh, the, the podcast, which will shine some light on some facets of Burning Man that we're not necessarily the... Uh, the best folks to tell you about. So so we've gotten some of our friends in the studio. Which basically just means we're throwing in bits of our podcast audio into this to try to entice you to listen to our podcast. So we're going to break this thing up into three sections for you guys. This section is how not to fuck up going to Burning Man. Because you're going to fuck up going to Burning Man. We all fuck up going to Burning Man. But we're going to tell you how not to. Uh, we're going to talk about travel. We're going to talk about preparation. And then once you're in Burning Man you will have the definite opportunity to fuck up Burning Man. And Drunk Beth is going to tell you about all of the different ways that you can avoid fucking up the amazing event that we've spent the last 25 plus years building. And then in the final section, D-Day is going to cover how to unfuck your burn. It's going to tell you about leaving a trace. We're going to talk about getting out. We're going to talk about the various civic resources that are available in the city to help you unfuck yourself unfuck your neighbors, unfuck your exit, just generally get unfucked. Yeah, but do use birth control. Oh, yes, please. Don't fuck up your life while you're fucking up your burn. You can't unfuck that. STDs are real. You, you, it's you still can't. legal to unfuck yourself <laughs> in most states. I mean, you can unbaby yourself, but you can't unfuck yourself. Point, point Beth. So let's get going, guys. We're going to talk about preparation. So you all got a survival guide. 
this is not that. We're not about to redo a checklist of all the things you need to bring. You know what kind of shit you need. But if you would like to see a checklist, you can go to accuracythird.com and see the aggregate checklist that us and all of our friends have put together for the minutiae that we bring to Burning Man to make our burns more comfortable and easier and better lit. For reals, are you putting that up? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I mean, not? I'm going to wait to see if it makes it into the audio. If it doesn't, <laughs> I'm not going to put a bunch of effort into it. I already have a spreadsheet. <laughs> it's shared with like most of the newbies that have ever been on our crew. What we will say is that everything that is on that checklist, everything that is on the, the main survival guide must bring cheat is there for a goddamn good reason. We don't have to talk about the things on the list. No, no. I, um, the notion was that we would like pick one off the list that isn't readily obvious and okay. just sort of talk about like why you might want wet wipes or what the fuck ever. I'm, I'll be right back. I'm going to not use the term whore bath. <laughs> <laughs> that is important. <laughs> that is not what I'm going to say. They put so much effort into this. Oh, yeah. No, I've never seen it before. Oh, yeah. Listeners, in case you don't know, we're fancy people. So we got an advanced copy of the survival guide so we can not read out of it. Except when we do. Wow, someone put fonts and shit. This is like a really fancy play program. You might be wondering, what do you need hand sanitizer for in the desert? I mean, you know, are you really going to be like handling a bunch of raw meat or sneezing a bunch? Isn't the playa kind of antiseptic? Do you really need that? Let me tell you, every single bank of porta potties out there has a hand sanitizer dispenser at one end, sometimes both ends. And Every single goddamn time you go to use it, it's going to be empty. Whether or not you poop on your hands, you have poop on your hands after you've been in that porta potty. Sanitize your hands. One of the things on the list is an extensive first aid kit. And you might think, head on down to the store, buy one of those like $12, $20 uh, pre-made first aid kits. That really isn't going to be good enough. You should spend $10, $20 on bandages. Make sure you get the padded gel bandages that you can use to cover blisters because you are going to get blisters. It doesn't matter how broken your shoes are. It doesn't matter how much you walk every day of your life. You're going to get blisters. And speaking of getting blisters, boots, not shoes, kids. Um, Shoes are permeable. Boots are unfortunately also to a certain extent permeable but they will keep a lot more of the playa dust off of your feet and if you get it on your feet once a day once every two days find a way to wash off your feet with uh, a vinegar and water or a lemon juice and water solution to neutralize the basic nature of the playa that is slowly eating the foot lining off of your foot skin your first aid kit is not complete if you don't have an elastic bandage with you. Maybe you have shitty ankles and knees like I do. Maybe your elbow pops out of joint, or you've got some sort of uh, weakness in your wrist. Whatever it is, you're going to twist your ankle out there if you're if you're fine already, and you'll start having these compound injuries, just like us old fogies as well. But having the ability to stabilize a joint on your body when you wangle it out there, and you will, is huge. It's best to be able to take care of yourself if you have an injury rather than have to go and find people to help you and find supplies 
that's not to say that there there are not medical services out there because there are and they're great but they're overloaded and, and they're overburdened and there are some people who really seriously injure themselves out there and need help fast and you might be wondering why on earth you'd want an extra set of car keys i mean it's not like you're going to be walking around with your car keys in your pocket but even the most professional burner can find a lot of utility in having a spare set of car keys hidden somewhere accessible on their vehicle. You do not want to be waiting for 18 hours for the one or two locksmiths in Black Rock City to start your vehicle for you when you've got to be back to work the next day and have a 14-hour drive ahead of you. Now, you're supposed to bring rope or tie-down straps, but if you'll notice, what they didn't say is to bring bungee cords. Not because bungee cords aren't great, but bungee cords can snap when sudden tension is applied to them. And when you're driving and you've got all of your camping stuff for an entire week and all of your buddy's camping stuff for an entire week, and that load shifts, those bungee cords can let go. And I've had friends who, while they've been securing their load with bungee straps, one of them has snapped and went right back into his face and broke the bridge of his nose. So... So ratchet straps, maybe? Learn how to tie a knot or two? Yeah, things that are elastic and rubberized are really not a great idea in the playa. The heat and the dry and the alkali wear at them. Bungee cords do not come back in the same condition they go. So they say in the survival guide that you should take personal lights and bike lights out into playa. If you haven't been before, it's now we live in a world where there's LED lights. So it's incredibly disorienting that everyone has a light attached to them, but it is really fundamentally important. People are biking quicker than they should. People are walking fast. There are art cars. And if you happen to be out and about and do something like sit in deep playa and look at the stars, just make sure that there's a blinky on somewhere so that people can see you. (laughs) And since we're talking about art cars, don't forget many, if not most of us out there are artists not mechanics. As someone (laughs) who has had a camp that had a very pretty art car with some real shitty brakes with way too much weight on that art car. So if the car can't see you from 20 or 30 feet out because you have light on you, it may not be able to stop in time to not mow you down. And I know if you're fucking out there and you shouldn't because it's illegal because it's considered the public. And even though it's very dark and very empty out there, if you're fucking out there, still put a light on you. Because pe- there, there are cars moving fast, especially out by the border where people, where gate is. But you need to understand one thing about fucking on the playa wearing a blinky. People will walk out to you to pick up the stray blinky that they think they're seeing on the playa. I have done better, this myself. Better than getting hit by a car. True story. So D-Day, is there one thing that you're not going to find on this list that you absolutely always bring that you never don't need? It's a really good question. Rex, one that I, I hadn't considered up until right now. Beth, how about you? Um, This is just sort of vanity. But basically, hey, if you have long hair and you're going out there, it really rips up your hair super bad. Oh, yeah. So um, I always bring a big bottle of, like, rinse-out conditioner that I just brush into my hair and leave it there. That's smart. If you just brush conditioner into your hair and then like rinse it a day later it it helps protect it and it means that you don't get as many split ends or end up with a totally different textured hair by the time you come out yeah your other option is to braid that shit and leave it that way yeah 
my first year that I went out, I had shoulder length long hair. Didn't know anything about this. That was my first set of dreadlocks. <laughs> the dust and the wind and, and the alkaline just knotted them completely. And it was either cut it all off or go Rasta. I made the wrong choice. <laughs> I know things. I know things that I bring that are great every year. Tell us, D-Day. Go ahead, D-Day. These are things that I only actually use when I'm out on playa. And that's Clearasil pads and nasal spray. Just mm. saline nasal spray to clear out uh, all of the gunk that builds up in your snot and sinuses from breathing that dust. It's great to to wipe yourself down with baby wipes at the end of the day, but to really get that grit out of your face, zit pads, acne pads. Also, you're going to be going from camp to camp, and whether you drink the booze or not, people will be offering you things to drink because drinking keeps you from dying out on playa. Now, what are you going to drink that drink in? Your cup which is why you should always bring your cup. Where's your fucking cup? Bring your cup. Everybody knows that it is ungodly hot and super windy and dusty out on Playa, and the dust is awful and can kill you. Oh, let's not forget dry. Oh, and it's dry because it's a desert. But what there is that people don't think about, surprising drops to really, really cold. Ooh, yeah, like freezing, seriously freezing like your water will freeze. What you don't think about is that really comfy air mattress that you're planning to bring to Playa is a chamber of really, really cold air that through the night gets colder and colder and colder and chills you to the bone no matter how many blankets you have on top of you. Bring an extra blanket for beneath you because, oh man, air mattress, awful. They're the worst. They are the worst. If you brought an air mattress and you're already on your way to Burning Man, for God's sake, stop in Reno and buy foam. Or if you can, behind any grocery store, you can find a couple pallets, go to the hardware store, get a piece of plywood. Plywood on pallets, also better than an air mattress. It's true. Like, almost like blankets flat on playa better than an air mattress. Basically, air mattresses are the fucking worst. Yeah. They're a waste of money, time, just, effort, and, and hope. They're just like, do you want the coldest part of the playa to be as close to you forever and you can never warm it up? I have the worst, really expensive, really big air mattress. The worst. <laughs> do you have like a two-story air mattress? I have a two-story air mattress that can also fold out to a queen-size air mattress. Oh, so no. you can either be Gross. really uncomfortable or really uncomfortable with like four people <laughs> sleeping next to you. <laughs> you can wake up in one deep V or four shallow ones. Hey, so if you have an air mattress, sleeping with four people is probably for the best. <laughs> They'll keep you warm when nothing that you're lying on is keeping you warm. It's like cuddling with four people in a block of ice. And then you'll all wake up a half inch above the ground. <laughs> and in a pool of mixed sweat. So... You may be wondering, if it's cold out there, and it's dry out there, and it's also hot out there, and it's really unpleasant out there, is there anything else terrible that happens out there, too? Ooh! Ooh, there's thunderstorms! There is! Intermittently, probably not the year that you bring all of your rain gear out, but any number of the years that you decide there won't be rain this year, so why bother bringing rain gear out? Least you can do is bring a slicker and some big gallon Ziploc bags for your feetsies. You'll be happy you do. Because the playa is essentially made out of plaster of Paris. There is something that is really pretty important that isn't often discussed. Uh, because we're a gift economy, we don't like to think of things as trade or barter. Uh, but 
sometimes it's really nice to express your gratitude to somebody for a favor they've done you for for pitching in just for being awesome. And the thing that goes over so well is cheap beer. I'm going to one-up you there and say mixers. Not everybody drinks on Playa. The people that do drink on Playa, they've primarily got hard liquor and beer. And the people that don't drink on Playa, they primarily have water and are surrounded by everyone else's cheap liquor and beer. So if you bring juice, everyone is... Like, you can drink for so free for so long at other people's bars if you just bring them, like, a quarter... Uh, a quarter. A quarter of juice. <laughs> a quart of juice. In the in the realm of gifting, this is such a silly raver tip. But like dancing out there is really dusty. If you go out to a big sound stage and you're dancing and people are kicking up dust all around you, what is great is if you have lollipops. Man, I sound 16. <laughs> I am 32 and I am recommending that you bring blow pops out there to offer to your your raver friends so that their mouths don't dry out when they're kicking up giant dust storms around them while they're dancing. Candy is delicious. Candy's the best. Whiskey is like brushing your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> okay we should move on so that's a bunch of stuff that you probably ought to bring you can find all kinds of lists about stuff that you ought to bring but here's a few things you shouldn't bring just don't bring this shit guys don't bring lasers seriously we had a ranger one year and and rangers in case you don't know are volunteers nice people like you and they were guarding the burn as, as it burned down, trying to keep you hippies from throwing yourself into the fire. The man burn, the not man just burn. any burn, not the just big burn. burn. The big burn. And somebody was shining their cute little pocket laser at the fire because, you know, what makes a fire better than lights? Makes it bigger, actually. The more photons you can put into the fire, the faster the oxidation happens. Yeah, so what, what happened when they were flashing this laser around at the, at the fire? They burned out a ranger's eye and one of our fucking friends going blind because assholes brought out a toy that you can buy at the goddamn dollar store is fucking ridiculous there's nothing creative about your pocket laser don't bring your laser it's not cute yeah, there's seriously. no there's no lecture going on that you're doing that you have to point at your chalkboard <laughs> with your laser pointer you goddamn professor so seriously, don't bring lasers and don't bring guns because what the fuck do you need a gun for? Don't Ever. bring guns to parties <laughs> <laughs> or bombs. Don't bring any explosives or, or fireworks or that stuff. There's lots of that there already. And this is for realsies like illegal. They will confiscate this shit if they find it on you. And like if you try and get in with it, you're not going to get in. And oddly enough, don't bring plants. If you haven't been to Burning Man before, you might not know this. Nothing grows on the playa. It is a blank slate. It is empty dust. We don't want your plants there. We don't want their plant matter. We don't want it moving up the desert. The only reason you're able to survive there is because of your own radical self-reliance. Plants can't do that, and neither can your pets. So don't bring your fucking pets. This is a party in the desert. Your dogs and your cat's feet will crack if you're able to sneak them in through the gate, which you shouldn't do because it's cruel. Yeah, don't bring your birds or your potbelly pig, or your pet lizards. Just just forget it. Leave it home. Find a pet setter. There's no reason to keister your pet into Burning Man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unless that's your thing. We don't want to yuck your yum. And don't bring moopy shit. The notorious one is feather boas. Do you know what feather boas do? They fall the fuck apart. Feathers, period. On the topic of feathers, sequins are 
awesome, but they are not awesome out there. They are plastic and they are rigid and they're on your body, which moves all over the place and they snap and fall off. And then like they got to be picked up by folks on their knees weeks after the event. Don't do that to them. And even worse is glitter. Glitter. Fucking check all of your costumes. Is there glitter and your makeup? People of all genders, check your goddamn makeup. (laughs) Do you work at a strip club? Then wash all of your stuff twice before you bring it to the desert. Do you frequent a strip club? Same story. And you know what? Don't bring glass containers. Uh, I mean, sure, all the good beer comes in glass bottles, but that's less true than it was. Go patronize the breweries that put it in cans. Yeah, there's lots of great beer that comes in cans now, and glass just will fuck up your day out there. More and more glass in a plastic bag, hanging on a thing. And then some night, drunky on his bike, just rides right into it. And now that's not just his problem, that's your problem and everybody else's problem. And even if you're lucky and you get out of Black Rock City with your bag of empty glass all intact, odds are it's not making it all the way back to home all intact. You're going to hit one rough bump and then you're going to have a bag of broken glass. And all of the liquid from that bag all over your car, which has just been fermenting in bag, in the heat, every single day that it's been out there on Playa. Don't be a goofus, is, is our point. Be, be a gal. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, kind of specific. Leave your damn scooter at home. You can't ride them out there. All of these things that we've told you, these are not just like our tips for awful things not to bring to Playa. This is the shit that will get you turned back at gate. Like, if you have this stuff in your vehicles at the moment, you should take it out. Illegally transporting minors across state lines. Also not appropriate going to Burning Man. And if you're going to mule in heroin, remember, double bag that shit. The last thing you want is the one condom breaking. Don't mule in heroin, kids. Lastly, when we're talking about preparation, take a good look at your car before you get on the road. Make sure your oil's topped up. Make sure you've got it recently serviced, that all your belts are as good as they can be, that your tires are in good shape. Your brakes are in good shape. Yeah, no matter which way you're coming from, it is a climb and a slog to get to Black Rock City. Make sure your car is going to handle it. It's awful being stuck on the side of the 80. We understand you're listening to this late. So now might not be the best time to get your car fully serviced. But next year, before you go back to Burning Man, because your experience this year was so great, you're definitely going next year. Beginning of July, bring your car into the shop. You don't want all of your your lubricants topped up right before you go out to a place which is primarily dusty. Because things that are luby get clotty, and things that are clotty bind up, and things that bind up snap and break. By the way, guys, that is the motto of our theme camp at Burning Man. You need to have a crest. <laughs> <laughs> so transcribe that and I'll, I'll, I'll sketch us up a crest. If you are taking your personal vehicle out there, when you come home, either if you're smart enough to know how to clean off your engine, do that. And if you're not, pay to get it detailed. Because that shit will eat through your engine. Do not leave your dusty ass engine smoldering in your car. Go spend 60 bucks. Have someone clean it for you if you don't know how to do it. Air filters are cheap. Just get an air filter before you go to Burning Man. and then Use it after. for that trip right afterwards. Throw it out. Slap a different one in there. While we're on the topic of cars, we might as well talk about getting to Burning Man. Ugh, everything about getting to Burning Man sucks. Yeah. The roads suck. 447 sucks. 
80 sucks. It sucks coming down from Klamath Falls. It just sucks. It sucks down from Seattle, and it's like 16 hours. Of, of nothing but like trees, like pine trees, over and over and over again. Pine trees are pretty for the first like two and a half hours. Until you get to the scrub brush, then it's nothing but that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what can you do to like make your drive easier? You can, you can carpool. Uh, listen to a podcast, why can, not? Yeah, you can listen to a podcast. There's a bus. You can take a bus. You can get to Reno. You can take the Burner Express in. How convenient is that shit? However you're getting in, it is this host's recommendation. Do it at fucking night. Yeah, it is It is hot during the day, and it just keeps getting hotter and drier the closer you get to the party. When you get there at night, you can get a couple hours of sleep before the sun comes up. So while you're driving in at night, go slow. Be safe. You're gonna get to the party. The party will be going when you get there. If you speed, maybe you're going to get pulled over. Maybe you won't make it to the party. Maybe you're going to crash on one of those shitty tiny highways we drive in. Maybe you're going to kill your car in the hot damn desert. Don't. Go slow. Be, be, be smart. Remember that you're a member of this community and all of these little towns that you're passing in know exactly who you are and where you're going. And if you are endangering their kids, their pets... They're going to like us less, and we try to have really good relationships with these surrounding communities, so treat them with respect. Let's just say you're a city folk, and you're not folk from the country. What you may not know is car accidents in the country usually kill you. When you're able to drive for 10, 20, 30, 70 miles and not see another car and not hit an intersection that makes you slow down, when you finally hit something or lose control, that can be it. As good as this party is, this party isn't good enough to kill you. It's really not. Also, you want to get to this party with all your shit. So make sure your load is secure when you load. Make sure your load is secure after you've driven for about 10 minutes. Check again in a half hour. Check again after you've climbed up a hill. Tie your shit down. It is so awful to get to Playa and realize you've lost your tent and your food. My girlfriend flipped her car on the way back from Burning Man because someone that she was following dropped a bike off the back. Oh, Jesus. And to avoid the bike, she flipped her car and broke her collarbone. You got to be careful even when you're tired. And when you're tired is when you make mistakes and you're tired all the time. Setting up, you're tired. Breaking down, you're tired. So... Every chance you get, check it out. Make sure that you have people who know how to do this shit. And if you're not from the country and you don't know about deer, you fucking hit that deer. You try to slow down, but you do not swerve. That swerving is more likely to kill you than you slowing yourself into impacting something else. Well, thankfully, there aren't a whole lot of deer out there, but the the thing that... Oh, they got mule deer. They got coyotes. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, there, there's not a lot of deer near the site, but I hit a deer coming down into Cedarville. Ooh. Yeah. It's, you're, you're going up and down mountains. Like, there is all different sorts of flora and fauna that you're seeing on your way to Burning Man. The conditions change. Um, the, there can be a rock slide, like, right fucking before you get to a turn that happened, like, 10 seconds before you got to that turn, because that's the way the world works. Now, what you are going to see when you get out to the playa, and uh, you have to hit these is jackrabbits. They run across that road all day, every day. They're not going to stop for you. They're not going to dodge you. They're going to run right in front of your car. Their sacrifice honors your warrior spirit. 
crush them under your wheels. I have never hit a jackrabbit, but I have unfortunately driven through like an entire expressway of some sort of frogs or toads crossing 447 one night. <laughs> it was, a, I saw it happening. I like slowed down and there was just a horrible holocaust of popping as I rolled through them. Oh, I kind of gagged boy. in my mouth a bit and then <laughs> accelerated away as smoothly as I could. It is insane out there, guys. Just take care of yourselves. And while you're driving in, you got to be aware, there are lots of cops in Nevada. And in August and September, guess who they're looking for? They're looking for you. Make sure they can see your plate. It's a good way not to get pulled over is to have your plate visible. Make sure your all of your lights are taken care of. Check your taillights and headlights and turn signals, all the stuff that is very easy to see that can get you pulled over. And if you do get pulled over and you get issued a fine, just... Just pay that fine. Don't let it linger. Get In it Nevada, over. it's not a fine. It's a summons. Oh. It's a summons to court. So if you want to fight it, you actually have to go to that municipality, to the courthouse on the day you're supposed to be there. Are, are you sure it's a fine for traffic stops? Because there's a thing in the survival guide that says pay your fine. Oh, well, I did in Nevada. I got a speeding ticket, and it wasn't a ticket. It was a summons. Hmm. It was I... a summons for me to get my ass back to Elko oh, to fight it. Balls to that. You couldn't pay me to go to Elko. <laughs> well, that was the thing. It was like a $270 fine for going 12 miles over the speed limit. And I was just like, I, okay, so it's going to be like $65, $70 worth of gas to get to and from Elko. <laughs> and, and, and at least $100 worth of psychic damage. Oh, and like, and terrible food on the way and the way back. And just no. Apologies to anybody who lives in Elko. Not for speaking bad of Elko, but for the fact that you live in Elko. <laughs> Another thing that you need to be thinking about as you get out there is your gas. It is a long way between Playa and other gas stations. So much so that um, Gerlach runs out of gas. Yeah, there's only so much gas in that little town. So don't expect there to be gas in Gerlach. Fill up in... Where, where in Wadsworth. Yeah, in or Wadsworth or, or in Nixon. Nixon. Either way you're coming in, fill up there. Make sure that you're coming in with a full tank of gas because it takes a while to get out there and it takes a while to get back out where there's gas. And because everybody leaves the event at the same time. And you're going to find if you come out of Black Rock City with a full tank of gas and you've got a nice vehicle, you might coast all the way down those mountains into San Francisco and still have a quarter tank left. Sorry, people who are coming from other parts of the country. It's so easy to come from San Francisco. Yeah, it really is. Or the greater Bay Area. I hear I hear Oaktown and San Jose are super butthurt that everyone's San Francisco this and San Francisco that. But the Bay Area is an ecosystem, guys. Like, seriously, all the way from Sacktown, all the way down to San Jose, we are like... Don't, don't include the valley. Okay, I have to pee and I want another beer. I thought we were doing the ritual bit. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to skip you past the part that I said that we wouldn't do, but that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So driving to Burning Man is long. And awful. And it's you know what makes it better? A good dollop of ritual, because we're human beings and that's what we do. So every time I go to Burning Man, I started off with one particular song. It, like when you leave your place. When of, I leave my place. When when the when everything is, is finally strapped down gotcha. and I turn the key and I am headed to Burning Man, I am going to listen to Talking Heads Road to Nowhere every single time. And even though I am bombed out, exhausted, I probably have just like slept four hours, worked eight hours, spent two hours loading a vehicle, am cranky, am hot, am 
probably a little dehydrated, definitely have to fart real bad. I'm going to put on Road to Nowhere, and all of a sudden, I'm going to Burning Man. That, that's interesting, because none of my rituals start taking place until after I've hit Reno. When I get to Reno, hopefully early enough so that I can get a hoagie at my favorite hoagie shop in Reno, I do that. It, is that Port of Subs? It is Port of Subs. Port of Subs does not financially support this podcast. But, oh, they are delicious. And what they do is something that usually only happens in delis on the East Coast which is for your sandwich, they carve your meat right off the slab onto your Mm. delicious, delicious hoagie roll. And I get a hoagie there, and I eat it, and I get another hoagie without mayo, and that's for whenever my first meal is on playa that I need to eat on playa. Next stage of the ritual is when I leave Gerlach, I listen to two songs. And the first song I listen to is Car by Built to Spill, which is a beautiful plaintive song about being in a car driving, which is what you've been doing for hours at that point if you've gotten to Gerlach. And the next thing I listen to is I Feel Fantastic by Jonathan Colton, and then I turn my radio off. And the rest of my trip is with the windows down, drinking as much water as I can possibly drink before I hit the playa to try to hydrate myself, and I listen to the wind. I just listen to, like, the dusty ground crinkling under my tires and everything going on around me. Beth, do you have a ritual going to Burning Man? I get drunk and I go to Burning Man. Woohoo! Is that Yosemite Beth? <laughs> uh, the the looks of pain. S- Simpsons uh, Texan Beth? Yeah, season, <laughs> season two, Drunk Beth will have a different nickname. Um, and every season will just give Drunk Beth a different nickname that she hates. Um, I don't actually have any rituals that I know of. I know what I'm planning on listening to on my way there this year. What's that? Um, I'm going to listen to uh, Run DMT's second mixtape. Oh, I'm so glad you didn't say Yeezy. <laughs> <laughs> Ultralight Beam. Ultralight Beam. Yeah, yeah, that'll be in it. Yeah, you don't have to drive with me. That is. It's a, well, I'm not going out this year, but while you guys are driving out, I will listen to the Hamilton soundtrack again. (laughs) Thing I would, I kind of wanted to make a tradition. Last year we stopped in Reno and spent the night at the Nugget in Reno. Oh, John Esquaga's Nugget. Oh God, it's just It's it's the worst. It's the worst. It's just a bunch of sad older folks playing penny and nickel slots, and this bar with country line dancing ladies in their underwear. I stopped there two years ago. I was aghast at the room. It hadn't been remodeled since 1990. Oh, ours had pink carpet. (laughs) You would think a casino, a place where people literally pay for the privilege of giving their money to you, would be able to upgrade occasionally. (laughs) It had a a 19-inch barely color square TV in a cabinet. Like like one with feet of depth, not inches of depth? Yeah. <laughs> That's adorbs. <laughs> CRT, kids. Look at them while they last. We never imagined that the VCR was going to disappear so quick. So quick. So my recommendation for rituals is to um, not get too pissed off at the people that you're going with. Because the driving is long and you're going to get there and feel tired and these are your friends that you're actually really excited to spend time with it's just like what you're doing is like the worst it's the worst you've been eating shitty food you've been 
being really excited about a party for so long that it's just like I don't know what's the blue balls of like parties. <laughs> oh, it's blue balls. Yeah, it's yeah. Party blue balls. balls. Uh. You're just you personally are in a bad mood. That thing that feels like excitement is just irritation. So just like chill out, be nice to your friends, and um, be nice to all the small towns. And we're gonna get to the consent talk later, kids. But just in terms of blue balls, there's really no such thing as blue balls. And that's your accuracy third pro tip. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move okay. on. Aren't you worried about blue balls? And they're just like, what now? Like You, you know that's like the dirty Sanchez, right? <laughs> uh, next, we're going to talk a little bit about some really square shit like rules and regulations. We're, we're creating a space where you are as free as you can possibly be to express yourself, to experience life, to live in the moment. But this is a free, amazing space that is in the United States of America and uh, is in federally managed land in a pretty square state. So seriously, you got to obey all American laws, but there's also some stuff that we really have to talk about that's really specific to Burning Man. Like all that shit we mentioned earlier that you're not supposed to bring that they won't let you in the gate with. Jesus, uh, don't bring it. Yeah, you don't need it. Just because you think you'll be safe with it doesn't mean it will be safe in the larger context of the party you're going to. And there are folks far dumber than you are out there, dumbass, (laughs) trying to bring your dumbass laser or your explosives. Or, oh my God, this is one of my pet peeves, flares. Oh, Jesus. There are so very few flares that can be fired from a gun that are meant to be fired on land. Those are primarily marine flares They explode in the sky, they fall slowly, and are meant to burn for ages underwater. Your tent is flammable. People are flammable. Other people's shit is flammable. Do not shoot something at them that will burn and burn and burn. Much more important than the stuff that's going to get you kicked out is the stuff that will shut us all down, and that is anything that you put in the porta potties that isn't your vomit, feces, or urine. Okay, let's talk about gross stuff. That involves tampons. Yay! Hey, ladies. That involves pads. That involves condoms. Hey, that- so can I can I take this for just a second? You going to talk about wet wipes? Uh, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about your period on the playa because your period will happen on the playa. It doesn't matter when your cycle is, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's gonna happen. Bring a bunch of whatever you use. If you use a diva cup, that's great. But if you use tampons and pads and other non-reusable blood catchers, you're gonna need. You're gonna want a big Ziploc bag that you throw them into. Call them zipper bags. Are we unbranding to that extent? In in terms of whatever sort of zipper bag you're using, you want a freezer strength zipper bag. You do not want a one use only sandwich strength zipper bag. It's very true. It's true. And you want this bag for anything, any single thing that you're thinking, oh, I could just put that in the potty that isn't your shit. Or your piss, or your vomit, or if you like have a diva cup, then your menstrual blood. Those are the things that can go in the potties. Nothing fucking else. And the reason why nothing else is because there is a very fine mesh screen on the end of the vacuum hose that they use to vacuum shit out of the potty. It's a very, very fine mesh screen, and when they say single-ply toilet paper... 
We all know that a single ply of toilet paper is not enough, so you gotta fold that toilet paper over and fold it over a third time and use that single ply toilet paper that way because multi-ply toilet paper will back up that vacuum hose if those guys decide they are going to stop servicing our porta potties, there is literally no other company in the northwestern United States who is willing to do the job that they're doing. And this is no joke, folks. I have been going to Burning Man for a long time, and in 2000, our porta potty vendor quit in the middle of the event. And if you think those porta potties are nasty when you go out to the ones by the discos at 10 and 2 in the middle of the night and it's kind of gross and there's shit and piss everywhere. Swampy. That is nothing. In 2000, you did not go to the porta potties without a poo stick to tamp down the poo pile that was climbing out of the toilet so that you could squat above it and add to poop tower. Rex, trivia question. Do you know why? There was that problem in 2000. Not off the top of my head. Somebody tried to dispose of a raw chicken in the porta potties. That's ridiculous. That got sucked up and then they quit on the spot. Friends, you shit in there. You piss in there. If you've had too much to drink, you puke in there. If you're emptying your diva cup, that's fine too. Anything else, any single thing, anything you're considering putting in there, Fuck you. There is a noise policy. Is there? Moving on. Yeah. It's a giant party. Why would there be a noise policy? Because people do need to sleep. Yeah. And noise is real. Noise can fuck you up. Loud sounds when you're not prepared for them can really do damage to your ears. The noise policy is not ridiculous. It, it, it's pretty straightforward. If you're not placed in a sound camp, don't have big, loud, amplified sound. And if you have big, loud, amplified sound, you know the size of big, loud, amplified sound we're talking about. Do we? Is there like a decibel level or anything like that? There's the size of the racks that people are bringing out. They know if they're bringing out like high quality, really loud volume stuff or if they're bringing out a couple speakers from their living room to play like at their little bar. Yeah. I mean, if you have a, a, a couple of big speakers for your stereo, that's fine. But- if you're putting out real amplification, you can't have it bigger than 300 watts. You can't produce more than 90 decibels at 20 feet. And that's if you're a real placed sound camp. If you're not placed, you need to have just some reasonable speakers. And don't be a dick to your neighbors. If your neighbors come over and ask you to, to turn your stuff down, turn your stuff down a little bit. If they're harassing you about it, fine. Get a ranger, have them mediate. As someone who has been inundated with a week's worth of Psytrance at top volume, that's stressful. Don't be stressful to other camps. We're, we're a community. Communitize. So there are some pretty badass hot springs and natural features on the Black Rock Desert. And you're welcome to stay the fuck out. During the event, don't go. Come Period. back. Yeah, no, seriously. Come back in October. Come back in May. But if you go during the event, you'll be talking to the sheriff. Other things that are gross, uh, food poisoning. If you're serving food to the public at Burning Man, you're going to need to be checked out by the Nevada Health Department, and you're going to have to jump through a few hoops. They're not too big a deal. They're totally achievable by anybody who has got a little bit of planning. And just to be clear, this is for... Distributing that are food distributing as food gifts. As gifts as part of their participation. If, if you're you, planning on making thousands of pancakes. Or giving out tons of french fries. Right. 
If you invite some friends into your camp for dinner, that's a totally different story. But anything that is distributed to the public needs to be cleared by the health department. And other things you might be distributing to the public is booze. And if you're doing that, you need to make sure that you're not serving booze to anyone who is under 21, which is the legal age of drinking booze in Nevada and these United States. You're going to get in a lot more trouble if you get caught serving booze to a minor than you will if you get caught serving unlicensed pancakes. When you're coming into and out of Black Rock City, you're going to be driving through the Pyramid Lake Paiute Reservation. Please be extremely respectful of this tribal space. These are our neighbors. These are our closest neighbors. Uh, They are sovereign. As you're driving through, be especially respectful of the lake itself. It's a home to endangered fish. Don't fish there. Don't go artifact hunting. Don't leave graffiti. This is a beautiful, unspoiled wilderness. Be kind to it. Do not toss your garbage out of your car when you are driving away from Burning Man because you don't feel like being in a car with a week's worth of garbage for your entire drive back home. That is your problem not Pyramid Lake's problem. It is a beautiful public space. If you want to swim there or camp there, you can buy a day-use permit. It's like six bucks. You can get it at the I-80 Smoke Shop in Wadsworth or the Nixon store in Nixon. Uh, Treat it like you would any campsite. When you are at Burning Man and you are driving around Burning Man, why the fuck are you driving around Burning Man? Get your car to where you're camping, get your stuff out of your car, and then just leave your car there. There is no driving at Burning Man unless you are driving a bicycle. And as somebody who has had to drive a couple times during the event for my work role, there is nothing as scary as trying to turn at one of the intersections when there are people just flowing through the intersection in all directions. That can take like 7 to 15 minutes to get through an intersection. Do not drive at Burning Man. If you do drive, keep it at 5 miles an hour or under. Seriously, driving at Burning Man makes driving around downtown San Francisco look easy. And if you are not wearing your seatbelt or you are driving with an open container of liquor... You will get pulled over. It is a serious thing. Do not do that shit. And speaking of driving, as you're driving in, coming into Burning Man for the first time, the speed limit coming up to gate is 10 miles an hour. The reason for this is there are a shit ton of you coming in. Anybody going over 10 miles an hour is putting up a big-ass rooster tail of dust. People driving around them are going to go faster and put up their own big-ass rooster tails of dust. And then all of us already in the city are going to be eating your big-ass clouds of dust. Because the clouds of dust get caught by the wind, and the wind pushes the dust into your face. And at that point, you're fucking dealing with it. Now, once you get to the gate, or maybe once you get out of Gerlach some days, you're going to be in the gate line. And it might take you quite some time could be a half hour could be five hours could be a day sometimes it rains and shit gets shut down and you just can't go into burning man this is real it happens if you get stuck in that gate line there are ways that you can make it a great experience make friends with your neighbors when you're coming in if you have a will call ticket just drive to the front gate is going to point you to where will call is it's really pretty straightforward don't freak out we'll get you in everyone is a volunteer Don't forget, everyone you interact with at Burning Man is a volunteer. Treat them like they're volunteering their time to assist you 
and to help with the infrastructure of the city because that is what they're doing. So be respectful, be polite, ask them questions, apologize for wasting their time, and everyone will be just sweet as punch to you. And if they're not, you be the better person and let them be the dicks they naturally are. And if you want to see what dicks they really can be, try getting there early. But really don't, because if you do, you're going to end up in D-Lot, which is where you get parked when you've done something stupid, like show up with one of these prohibited items we talked about, showing up without a ticket, or showing up early. Don't do it. You'll get stuck in D-Lot, and then you won't get in when the gate opens. I don't know if you know this about me, Rex, but I showed up to Burning Man my third year to Burning Man three minutes early. I could not wait on 447 anymore. I just, I wanted in. And I rolled up to the gate and they said, you're early. And I said, yeah, I know. And they were like, well, you got to go to D-Lot. And I said, fine, then I'm going to D-Lot. And they directed me to D-Lot. And, and the thing is, you don't actually end up leaving D-Lot until like 7, 7.38 in the morning. Uh-huh. I showed up at 11.57 at night and just sat in the detention parking lot outside of Burning Man. So rather than getting in at 12.05 and enjoying your first night at Burning Man, you got in at 7 o'clock after seven hours of merciless taunting. Yeah, that said, like, when I leave the house for Burning Man, I'm already at the Burning Man mindset, and I had a great time at the <laughs> detention lot for like six and a half, seven hours, but I completely understand that that might not be everybody's thing. You should also know that when you get up to gate, they are going to search your vehicle. They're going to look for all that shit that we told you not to bring. Did you bring it? Don't Boy, bring that stupid. shit. Don't be dumb. They're also going to look for stowaways. Don't bring stowaways. That's even dumber than all that other stuff we told you not to bring. You know that great plan that you have to pack your friend in so that it looks like there's no one there and the back of your car is just filled with stuff? Gate knows that, so don't bother trying. So if you did what we told you, and drove at night, you're going to get there at night. When you get there, drive in, find your spot, nap in your car, get up first thing in the morning when it's nice and cool and there isn't wind yet, and you can set up your camp in relative ease. There is nothing more dangerous than a camp that is half set up, with rebar exposed that's uncapped, with things that are half lashed down in the hopes that the wind doesn't pick up. Just give yourself a rest, and when you're ready to tackle the entire challenge through to its completion, do that then. Also good advice for sex. (laughs) If you've got a spot picked out, or you've got people there scouting it out ahead of you, just go straight there once you're through the gate. If you don't, try picking a spot in open camping somewhere out in the suburbs. A lot of people try and squeeze into the center of the city because they think that's where all the fun is, but there is some amazing stuff out in the burbs. There's art out there. There are interactive theme camps you didn't even know exist. You might find yourself a chef-made French dinner, as I may have done Sunday last year. So let's talk about setting up that camp once you're in. Uh, First and foremost and most important, and don't ignore this shit, pound some big-ass rebar stakes into the playa. That wind gets up to 100 miles an hour. It will rip tent stakes, 12-inch stakes, right out of the ground doesn't matter how many of them you've got in there. The ridges are your friend. Any long, smooth piece of metal that's really easy to drive into the playa will be just as easy to yank out of the playa. And unfortunately, that's not what we're going for. And once you've pounded those stakes good and deep, that big, thick rebar, take some cargo straps. 
strap your shit down. Ropes work too, but man, cargo straps are amazing. You don't have to worry about knots. You don't have to worry about them tangling. You cinch that down. You forget about it. We understand that now that we're not a nautically-based society, everyone may not know how to tie knots. If you do know how to tie knots, you probably don't need to listen to us. But if you don't, anything mechanical that you know how to operate easier will be easier and safer. And the last thing we're going to mention about setting up and about preparation in general, and uh, this is seriously important, cover your stakes. Tennis balls, empty plastic bottles, they're great. Cover the ends of your rebar stakes. I have had a friend arrive at Burning Man, step out of her car, have her calf slashed open by a piece of rebar that was driven into the playa that was uncapped, and immediately went to the hospital at Burning Man. Jesus. After waiting like five hours in line at gate, she finally rolled up to camp at like 1130 at night and just immediately had to go get like 18 stitches. So it's a tennis ball, kids. Pool noodles. Oh, yeah. Pool noodles are great. Not just for your steaks, but for your guy lines. Um, hey, that's a take. That's, that's section one. You can come for me blazing guns if you dare. The music you've been listening to is by Midtown Social. Spread your lies and obsess about me, I don't care. Off of their new album, Down on Six. I get up and-